every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Hello and welcome to the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio and on I Follow Shrimps. This is Dave Salmon. Thanks as ever for your company. We always appreciate it wherever or however you're listening. And a reminder, you can listen to the other Shrimps Verdict episodes, audio highlights of games, post-match reaction from the Shrimps camp and lots more besides too. And also our Fans Roundtable, which we recorded recently, all available wherever you get your pods. Tell your friends, tell anybody you think might be interested in following the fortunes of Morecambe FC to download, subscribe and share via Spotify, Google, iTunes and also at beyondradio.co.uk. Today, we have a chat with Morecambe FC director and superfan James Wakefield. We covered a whole spectrum of subjects from James's career, why he supports the club so much, what it's like to be a director, transfers, how the team are going, plans for the future. It's all there in the next 45 minutes or so. I hope you enjoy it. Most fans of the Shrimps know a bit about your history and, and your background and where you're from. But to, for those who don't, tell us a bit about where you've come from and, and how you came to be a director of Morecambe Football Club. Well, I'm I'm originally from um, from the area, really. I was, was born at Lancaster Infirmary, um, but grew up initially in um, Caton, then Garstang, then Bontley Sands, then Hesham, then Bank, then Slime. Um, and now my parents live out in Gressingham. So all the little villages sort of north, south, east, west of, of Morecambe and Lancaster, um, I grew up in. Um, I went to the grammar and went from the grammar to uh, um, to university up in Scotland, went from university in Scotland to the army, spent six years in the Queen's Lancashire Regiment and then spent the last uh, however many, 18 years since 2003, 2004 um, in recruitment. And I've just kind of developed my career and I've gone from being a recruitment consultant 18 years ago to you know um heading heading up whole businesses now and, and um heading up multiple companies. So so that's that's kind of my professional background. The um the connection to Morecambe is that I've I've always supported the club um and um I've, I've you know been going down to the ground whenever I possibly could could do when I've been in town or when I lived there. Um, but then in the last few years Charlie um got connected more directly to Graham Rod and the owners because he became the first team um, shirt sponsor um when um, I think the club from a, a capacity perspective of the board was, was just struggling and just needed an extra couple of pairs of hands me and Charlie were chatting to Graham and Rod we were chatting to Jason and Colin um and we were just offering our assistance really as, as just an extra extra couple of sets of hands we got on really well with everybody um we, we had some ideas and they just invited us to join the board. And it is that simple, really. Um, I'd credit Charlie with it because he was the guy who sponsored the first team um, shirts. But that doesn't get you a seat on the board. It was more the fact that that got stuck into the guys. And then um, we offered to help and they said we'd, we'd welcome the help. Um, so, yeah. And as I've said on numerous occasions, it's it's for your dream type stuff. You know, it's the sort of thing that no matter how many hours I put in on, on, a, on a weekly or a monthly basis, it's just an enormous privilege. Um, so I'm enormously, enormously appreciative to, to Rod and to Graham and to Colin and Jason for giving us the chance. It's, it's, um, it's incredible. Because I suppose, given the ownership issues that the club had had previously with Joseph Carla, with Diego Lamos and, and, and with G50 Holdings and, and, and everything and the whole, the whole circus that had gone on in the previous 
couple of seasons. I suppose when Colin and Jason took the reins, I think a lot of Morecambe fans were very sceptical that it was going to go down a, a particular path and, oh, we're well in with Worcester Warriors and, and oh, did they really care about football? And all of that was in the mix. I suppose you came along at just the right time to uh, to sort of balance that out a bit. I think, to be honest, Jason and Colin, um, you know, they, they've got the multiple interests. Um, they live closer to, to Worcester. Worcester is actually, you know, it's a, it's a bigger sports organisation, bigger stadium, bigger fan base, bigger, bigger player budget. Um, and they got involved in the two, the two organisations at similar times. Um, but they've done, they've done right by Morecambe. They've, you know, they've, they've, they've put a lot of money into the club. They've, um, they've, they've um, stabilised it through a difficult period. And I think all we added was a bit of extra capacity, maybe a little bit of extra focus. Um, and just two extra sets of eyes and everything. Um, but we do get on with, with everybody because everybody on that board is, is, is a decent human being. Um, Jason and Colin have, have done exactly what they said they were going to do. And Rod and Graham work like absolute Trojans. And I've never seen two, two people put so many hours in. Mick tried to retire a million years ago and is, you know, probably working as many hours now as he did when he was CEO of Tranmere. Um, and so, yeah, we just we just come in and added a bit of extra time, time and effort. But you know, I think um, you know the whole board is 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 to be credited with working quite hard. Um, for me and Charlie, we're we're a couple of fans, so it's it's a privilege to be to be doing it. We, if we weren't if we weren't doing it, then we we'd probably be playing football manager anyway. So we'll move on to the nitty gritty and the nuts and bolts of, of actual Morecambe stuff in just a second, James, if I may. But give us a bit of a flavour, firstly, about how as a as a business person how do you balance your professional life with being a custodian of a league one football club not so much how i balance my professional life it's how i balance my personal life <laughs> i'm gonna look and make sure there's nobody behind that door um professionally it's professionally it's easy you know um my my day job gets me from um from, from sort of early in the morning till 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 the end of the, the working day vast majority of the time and because my job is quite international um I'm often working in the evenings often working early mornings often traveling so um where I need an extra an hour or two in the day to do something to do with more it's fine because I, I give plenty of other hours um it sometimes encroaches upon you know my ability to spend time with the family and it occasionally encroaches upon uh, my ability to do anything at the weekend other than think more and more and more um but it's wonderful. I mean, it's, it's given me it's given me a, a, a new lease of life and, and something something to be to be really sort of chuffed to be involved with. I, I like what I do as a day job. Love my family to bits, um, but it's, to be involved in in your hometown football club is just it's just an incredible privilege. Um, and and yeah, I don't play golf. I suppose the people spend hours on the golf course. I I I do I do this and I try and help in whatever way I can. Matt Smith from the club's uh, media team is uh, also with us. Uh, Matt, I suppose when you've got directors, we've spoken about this before, haven't we? You've got directors who are not only fans, but also look after the club so well. From the media's point of view, that makes things a whole lot easier. Yeah, of course it does. Um, it's like we say, it's knowing that the club's in safe hands and, and the relationship that the board have with the um with the fans as well, you know, it, it kind of makes our job easier in the sense of we we kind of know what they want to see as fans. And, you know, first and foremost, like they've said, they're, they're fans of the football club. 
So if we have any ideas or anything like that in terms of content, we can go to them and we know that it's not a risk in terms of putting something out because we know that as fans, they'll support it. Um, so if they like it and if, if the content and stuff like that's good enough for those guys, it's certainly good enough for, for the fans of the club. Which always helps, I suppose, when, when you, you want to push on and obviously being a League One club now, everything being done a bit more, well, let's call it a bit more professionally, if you like, and and and, and that helps when you've got, not free reign as such, but you've got the blessing of the board and, and you know what you do is, is appreciated. Yeah, definitely. I mean, since I've been in um, voluntary basis, obviously being a university student, um, the, the board couldn't have been more supportive, even in you know June, July, when uh, the previous manager left, Matt Rushton, um, the media manager, should I say. And it was a case of me taking everything on by myself for a month. And it goes without saying, it, it was quite overwhelming. But at the same time, I was able to pick up the phone to, to James and Charlie and, and whoever and just speak to them about, you know, ideas and, and a bit of advice. And, you know, it, it was it was a massive learning curve for me, but I absolutely loved it. And, you know, we're, we're heading in an even better direction now, obviously, with Ryan at the helm and myself working alongside him. So, yeah, it's, it's fantastic to, to work under the likes of James, Charlie, you know, Rod and Graham and, and everybody associated at board level. And good to know, James, I suppose, that the club is in safe hands at ground level. So from that point of view, you haven't really got too much to worry about. No, you know, my, um, my father-in-law um, has been involved in football for most of his, his life. He was, um, he was a physio and he was physio of hearts for the best part of three decades. Um, and so he spent most of his most of his adult life in and around um, Hearts and Celtic and Rangers and Hibs and all the teams up in Scotland and went on multiple European tours. So he's been around football and he's seen it from kind of you know the, the corridors beneath the ground right up into the boardroom and everything. And he came to um, he came to uh, the Shrewsbury game and one of the things he commented upon almost immediately, having just walked around the ground, was James. There's just so many young energetic people doing everything. And he was talking about Matt, he was talking about Ryan, he was talking about Jody, and he was talking about Ben. And, and he, he honestly, he left, he left the Mazuma with this overwhelming impression that Morecambe is not just in safe hands, but is actually in, as compared to most football clubs, in quite young hands. And I think that's massively important. Um, you know, we, we've talked about the need to do absolutely everything better. Um, better isn't just higher quality. Better is also more engaged with, um, with, with people and how they operate nowadays. And that requires younger people to be involved, young people to be leading things, open-minded people to be doing all the different jobs. Um, and I think that's what, what, that's what Morecambe's got. There's a blend of, of experience and years and grey hair. And then there's, you know, plenty of people with fresh ideas who, who can engage with, with all the people we need to bring into the, into the club. Um, but yeah, my, my father-in-law left, and he was he was he was overwhelmed by by just just how much youthful energy there was around the place because he just hadn't seen it at a football club before. So let's talk about uh, Morecambe Football Club matters in a bit more detail, then, James, uh, if if we may. We are talking right now, the day after the transfer window has closed. We are gutted to lose Sam Lavelle. Of course, we are. We were gutted to lose Carlos earlier in the transfer window. But just give us a bit of a, a bit of background into how and and why we need to be a club that gets young players, improves them, and, and, and then they move on. Okay. Well, I suppose first things first. We offered both um, Carlos and Sam deals to stay, um, and if they accepted those deals, then we'd have kept them, um, and potentially they would have gone. 
um, later on in their in their careers. But we we wanted both to stay. We 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 were not in under overwhelming pressure to to, to realise value from players at the moment. You know, the club's been run well financially for a couple of years, and, and it's, there's only a handful of ways that a club can make money. You, you get a certain amount through the solid solid money, weddings, concerts, etc. Um, you get money from the, you know what people spend when they're in, in the stadium. The, the other way is is to, to develop and create value in the players, um, and and occasionally realise that value. We've done it actually now three times within the space of less than a year. Um, we had a young lad go to Man United um, towards the end of last year from the academy, Carlos, and and, and now Sam. Um, and in in all three cases, we couldn't have kept the players even though we would have wanted to. So if you can't keep people. Then you've got to realise the investment. You can't let you can't let somebody's contract run out and 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 not realise that investment. Um, but I think most fans can appreciate there's quite a lot of money has gone back in before we realised the money from 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 um, from, from Sam and Carlos. We committed to, to Steve and his budget before we knew what we were going to get from Carlos, and and, and long before um, you know people came knocking for Sam. So it's 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 just about um, striking the right balance. Really, we would have kept them both. Um, that we haven't is simply down to the fact that you know because they're ambitious we, we we respect that ambition they wanted to move on and, and given that well then you, you realize that you know the, the, all the work and effort that's gone into development developing those players you realize the, the that investment and you, you you get to get to roll again i think one of the most exciting things for me is that there are more players in the squad at the moment who are of the right age and are on the right length of contract that as they develop and become good players, more of them can become valuable assets for Morecambe in the future, but also be great footballers up until that point. Um, we've, we've got to run the place of the business. And um, I, I don't know what the amount is that Morecambe generated in, um, uh, in, in, in previous times from um, transfer revenue. I know it's not a huge amount. We've, we've, we've made not far, short, not far shy of a million quid um, in, in players in the, last, in the last 10 months or so. That's 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 good money. That's that, that means a lot to a football club like Morecambe. It means a lot to any football club. I suppose when you look at it in 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 pounds and pence and in the cold light of it being a business, it doesn't matter what the business is. Whether it, in this case it's a football club, you have to realise those assets to keep the whole thing, the whole juggernaut of the of, of, of the whole train moving along. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like you know, like 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 any any team. I think um, Dermot was on um, on the on the Shrimps Trust podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he made made another point which is really relevant. You want players coming into this this club, this football club who are ambitious, and who who have their eyes and their, their sights set on 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 the very highest levels of the game, because those guys are the ones that um, absolutely throw themselves around the pitch on Saturday afternoon and leave you know leave nothing on the field. They're the guys who who, who can you know turn turn the opposition inside out. Um, and you want as many of those as possible. We can have a squad of 23, 24 players who all want to play in the Premier League. Fantastic. And if we then have to replace two or three of them every single season, that's fine because we'll be knocking at the top of League One and we'll be knocking on the door of the Championship. So, you know, the, the more ambitious players there are in, in this club, the better. Um, and we will just then have to manage the fact that some will go out and we'll replace them with, with, with more. But that's, that's how a good organisation is run. Um, the last thing we want is people who don't want to move on to, to bigger and better things, which is why we respect Sam's decision um, and we wish Carlos all the best. I suppose from that point of view, James, it's, it would have been easy when, when we got promotion into League One and perhaps if we had have appointed a different kind of manager that 
we could have filled the squad with more experience, with more journeyman players. And, and you could understand why that might be the case and why some clubs might go down that road. But one thing that is clear is Stephen Robinson has a very clear vision of the kind of footballer that he wants to play for his club. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Although I'd, I'd say, you know, he has he's brought in perhaps more younger players than other managers might have. But he's also brought in some some really good, solid experience as well. Um, players like Anthony O'Connor, John Abika, who we haven't seen beyond the see much of yet. You know, these these are guys who, you know, add, add to that to that experience of the dressing room that we've got in the form of, of players like Toombs. Um, my daughter's just brought me a non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> Thank you, EJ. Um, so he's brought in experience uh, as well. But you know you've got you've got to have an eye on everything um, as a, as, a, as a professional football manager. On the one hand, it's playing football on a Saturday and playing the, playing the sort of football you want. On the other hand, it's making sure you've got the right balance of experience, pace, technique, work ethic, all these other things in your squad. And then there is that third part, which is you know how, how many of these players are going to be are going to become valuable assets for for the football club because that's what enables the club to grow. And every time you you, you do a good piece of business, it's an opportunity. To do something else better and to move move upwards and onwards and um yeah the more ambition the better basically let's talk about the three-year plan then james if we may is it fair to say we are 12 months into that we are already in year three yeah i think that's fair i think i think um uh, as i mentioned um to you recently um we needed to accelerate things um Thanks to Derek. Thanks to thanks to Sam. Thanks to thanks to Cole. Thanks to John McMahon. Thanks to all all those guys and what they did um, last year and getting us promoted. Um, I think that there's one or two things that you can't do more quickly. You can't expand parts of the stadium. You can't improve your your your, your FMB for away fans and like that. Um, so there's some things that will take more time. But we've made much much braver decisions because um, because because we were forced to you know you you, you look at a challenge and you think well, well we thought we had longer to, to do this now we've got less time what can we do that's a bit braver to maybe move this thing more quickly which is probably where the, the season ticket initiative was born um we were always going to hire ben and that's great um i think the opportunity to overhaul one or two other areas of the club has been accelerated which is great you know matt sitting here and um, sitting alongside ryan that's, that's 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 a good example of that uh, but it's just accelerated it, really. Um, and I think the other thing is there are times with any organisation, any team, that you get momentum. And you've, it's so important to seize that momentum. So you could sit and you could say, well, we, we've got three years, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this. But if you're sitting at the beginning of that period and you've got the momentum that you've gained from that promotion, and you've also got the opportunity to give a new manager almost a blank sheet of paper, You've got to seize that, absolutely seize it. And that's what Brand New Bright Tomorrow was all about. Um, so, yeah, we, we just had to do everything a bit more quickly. Um, as, as, as everybody said recently, Ben, ben in particular, we, we can't get everything right because it, because it is all quite hurried. Um, but as much as possible, we, 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 we just had to bring the whole thing forward. And I think um, you'll have probably noticed in, 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 in press releases, in, in the things that Graham or Rod or me are saying, We've stopped talking about the three-year plan now. We've just talked about making the club sustainable and competitive at League One level. Um, so that three-year plan has just become that sustainable and competitive at League One level. That's the mantra. And when we've achieved that consistently, then we can we can we can sort of um, not not enjoy it, but then we can think about what's next. I suppose, Matt, from a, a media officer's point of view, 
you get the initiatives like Brandon Bright tomorrow, like the cheap season tickets and, and everything else that, that goes with this wave of positivity that the club are currently riding. And, and that gives you plenty to get your teeth stuck into. It does, yeah. And it, it makes our job a lot easier as well, you know, because we know that it's with it being such a good idea and we know what the fans are after, it kind of goes hand in hand. So if we're if our job is to push an initiative or an idea like the season ticket campaign, for example, we know fans are going to lap it up. So it's a case of we just got to put the wheels in motion and then, you know, the fans coming in and buying the season tickets will do the rest of the work. We've just got to provide the updates. So, yeah, initiatives and ideas like that make it a lot easier from a media perspective and, and really exciting as well, you know, for to be on board with, um, you know, promoting the cheapest season ticket in the EFL is just, it's an absolute honour. And, and to be able to see it from, you know, the start of the project to where we are now and the progress that's been made in that time, it's incredibly humbling to see the progress that's been made. Absolutely agree. I, I think as I've spoken to in a previous podcast, I remember just a few years ago, 940 for a League Two game and the Globe Arena as it was at the time, it, it was it was like it was like a football league trophy game on a Tuesday night. But it, this was League Two against a, a decent Colchester team and there were 940 people inside the stadium. So you, you come from that to more than 4,000 Morecambe fans watching Sheffield Wednesday on, on Saturday. There is just absolutely no comparison. And, and it makes me wonder sometimes how... How many of those fans have decided, obviously, promotion is going to be an uplifting attendance is naturally by being in a high division. Of course, there is. But how many fans have saw those ideas, the ideas that James and the rest of the board have formulated that Matt and Ryan and, and, and from the media point of view have then put into practice and actually advertising it? How much of an uplift has that given the club over, above and beyond what we might have expected? Yeah, I think they're, they're certainly reaping the rewards of, of those decisions. You know, the, um, the the feel factor around the place, it's it's incredible. And, um, you know, you, all you have to do to see, you know, the efforts of the board paying off is, is just come to a home game. And as you know, and as you know, James, as well yourself, that seeing the place as packed as it, as it has been so far this season, it shows that the town have really bought into the uh, initiatives that the board have put into place. And I tell you, what, I won't be surprised if, if we break our home record attendance on multiple occasions this season, because the fans are so on board with it. And, and, you know, even away from the 90 minutes that you spend inside the ground, you know, just around the town and in the bar before and after the game, you know, the fans are so on board with it. And like you say, Dave, it's, uh, it's certainly, you know, it's it's like the fans are, are reaping the rewards of, of the, the brave decisions, if you will, that the board put in place initially. It must make you very proud as a director of the club, James, to see the stadium so full and the and the supporters so happy. It's, it's, it's enormously humbling, honestly. Um, uh, and and to be honest, I think this is where you get slightly beyond, beyond football. Um, you know, I, I grew up. Um, in, in the area um, and I've, you know I've cycled up and down that prom as a kid I've, I've, I've cycled up, up and down that prom as a teenager I've driven up and down the prom as an adult and you know most of my life um, this is just a fact Morecambe was declining 
I think in the last few years, it's um, it started to recover and it's actually started to um, started to improve and, and find a bit of uh, find a bit more find a bit more pride and positivity than than, than it knew for most of my life. Um, but I think the football club can play, play an enormous part in that. I think some of what um, we've seen in the last um, the last few months has been good initiatives. Some of it has been um, a re- an, an anti-reaction to the European Super League and the Premier League and, and just how detached from reality um, that, that form of football has become. Um, some of it is um, because we've tried to appeal to the broader area and we're trying to turn out to, to, to the Loon Valley, to North Lancashire, rather than just the town of Morecambe, because there isn't another football club that's worth talking about, with all due respect to the Valley Blues um, in, in the area. Um, some of it is because you know there was a vacuum in, in Morecambe for something for people to really just get positive about and to enjoy and to be proud of. Um, and that, that's, that, that, that's wonderful. But yeah, it's, I mean, if, if anything, I've said it a few times, we, we, must, we mustn't be complacent. We've, we've made a good start. Um, you know, Stephen and the players have made a really good start on the pitch. We made a good start behind the scenes. But until it is consistently the case that we've moved the whole club to another level and we know we're not going to be slipping that back down again, we can't rest. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good start. It's all well and good and, and as fantastic as it is having uh, nearly capacity crowds at the Mazuma for home games and all the positivity. But from a business point of view, James, how important is it from the sustainability elements to have a football club and a business which operates and generates revenue 365 days a year and not just the 23 home games during the season? It's it, it, it was everything, you know. Again, I, I don't think a football club is is the football club's achievements aren't worth talking about if they're not achieved under the club's own steam. You know, any club can get money in from from an investor and can go on a run and spend a lot of money on players and potentially have some success. But it's bought success. It's like somebody buying a university degree. You know, it's like somebody paying to get their degree. It's, it's, it's you know, you put the certificate on the wall. It frankly should be ignored. Um, the clubs that achieve something under their own steam, their achievements are far, far greater. You know, whether it's Leicester City, who to a large extent do that, whether it's Luton or Burnley, you know, it, it's 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 these clubs that that, that frankly should be um, lauded as the success stories, and and that's that's what we need more to become. And to, to be that, to be sustainable, you've got to run the club as a business, um, and and you've got to, yeah, and and again, that's something that that Rod in particular absolutely understand you know Rod is Mr Morecambe and everybody sort of you know calls him that affectionately but there's not a person in the area he doesn't know there's not a person in the area he doesn't try and sell what the Missoula Stadium can do there's, there's, there's barely a person who is you know organising a wake in, in, in the whole of the, the, the bay who, who won't have um, heard one of Rod's sales pitches so yeah it, it's massively important because it means more to succeed if you've done it under your own steam and that's that's what we want to do I suppose it's right from the ground level up as well, isn't it? Whether it's the, the club shop is open for an extra hour or whether the bar's open for an extra hour or an extra evening in the week, right the way through to hospitality, um, staging of pop concerts, other massive events, whatever it might be. We've got to now look at the whole picture, not just match days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's walking around and going, can that be better? If it can be better, why isn't it? Why aren't we trying to make it better? And it's it's tiring um, for some people, and um, and some people don't like it. You know, they like things as they are, 
um, and others really embrace it and, and you know get on board. But you just have to be always walking around thinking what can be better. And, and when we go to go to away matches, you're walking around not thinking, um, oh, I don't like that, I don't like that. But you're thinking, oh, why, why aren't we trying that? Why aren't we trying that? You know, the, the season ticket idea, we didn't invent that ourselves. We borrowed it from Bradford um, and we adapted what they've done. We had a chat with them and we worked out what mistakes they've made when they put something similar in place. Um, and we came up with what we think on a smaller scale because it's, it's not Bradford City. We came up with a, a version which we think is better than that. Um, and it's worked really, really, really well. Um, and similarly, you know, you go down to a club like Texas and you chat there and you realise that every person involved in the club is um, designed to try and help that youth policy and that development of, of young players. And then you realise how much money we made over a consistently long period of time. You think, well, what can we borrow from that? So, so yeah, it's, 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 it's tiring for some people. It, you, yeah, everything has to be done better. With the season tickets, James, was it a gamble or did we have, a, a, I suppose, a contingency to fall back on, be it a transfer fee from Carlos or whatever, that we knew we'd be OK regardless of, of, of how it might have gone? Or, or did we just know that these are going to be cheap, these are going to fly out the door? No, we, we modelled it. And ultimately, the prices wouldn't have been as low as they are if we hadn't hit the, the, the different um, sort of levels that were set. Um, and so if we'd only sold one and a half thousand or one thousand season tickets, then we would have charged more for those season tickets. Um, and that would have been, you know, better than it had been in previous years, but not, not as, as good as it is now. So we, we created the different models. I must admit, we've gone beyond the most ambitious model that we, that we created. <laughs> you know, I, I, I sat with, um, with, with, with um, one of the finance guys and we did some numbers. We didn't go up to two and a half thousand. I think we stopped at about 1750. So, so we've gone a bit further, but I think the other thing is that if you've got a stadium and it is two thirds empty, which is what the Mazuma um, generally was before, you've already paid for the lights to be switched. You've already paid for you know your your, your restaurants and your bars to open. You've already paid for your security. Um, you know you've, you've done most of the expenditure for the first nine hundred fans. So you know those those nine hundred fans on a Tuesday night against Colchester. So actually. If you can then get more people into the stadium, then the cost of each extra person coming into the stadium, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't increase by, by the same proportion. So the economics makes, makes sense as well. Um, so it was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, of a gamble. Um, you know, it, was a, it was an educated one. It was a modelled one. But it was also just economics. Um, you've got a problem when you fill the, when you fill the stadium. And when we when we are filling the stadium consistently, it's the right problem to have because then we work out well, what do we do next? What do we, you know? How do we increase the capacity? We you know what what's, what's the next part? But you know, a couple of years ago, if you'd said to people that you were going to be um, you know near filling the Mazuma, they'd have laughed they'd have laughed at you, or even better, they'd have told you it was impossible. And I suppose as well, James, the more people that come and buy the season tickets and stay for a pint and. They might buy a, a shirt or a scarf and, and then they might come to the concert in the summer and they might do whatever else. That adds not just to the sustainability of the club as a whole, also adds to playing budgets and therefore on the field, we've got a better chance of succeeding as well. 
Yeah, yeah, abs- abs- absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, and and it's it's little tiny things. It's it's somebody just you know using the brain and, and not just checking whether there's a football game on after the, the Morecambe game is finished, but maybe checking if there's a if there's a rugby rugby match on as well, because there might be fifty or sixty people who want to go to the bar and watch watch the, watch the Lions, as was the case a few weeks ago. Mm. So it's it's just always thinking: what's is there an opportunity we're missing here? Um, and and then trying to try to take advantage of those those opportunities. And ultimately, I, the way I think about it is that people want to enjoy the weekend. They're going to spend their money somewhere in the the, the North Lancashire area, um, or they're going to you know drive down to Manchester or Preston or Liverpool or have a day out in the lakes. Um, we want we would like as many of them as possible to come to the Zuma and enjoy their Saturday afternoons with us, enjoy their Tuesday evenings with us. Um, you know, we're not competing with other football clubs necessarily for families and for, 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 the, for people who haven't yet, you know, got excited about watching the team play. We're competing with competing with a day out in Preston, competing with a you know a walk up a hill in the lakes. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, all that's that's what we're competing with. Matt, I have to ask uh, James as well, just on the season tickets. You know, seeing how successful it's been uh, for the football club and for the town. Um, would it surprise you at all to see other football clubs similar to Morecambe maybe try their own way of, of launching such a cheap initiative in terms of once they've hit landmarks and, and milestones, um, the price falls down? Would you, would you be surprised to see that as a business model for certain clubs going forward? I think I think some will. You know, it's 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 a nonsense to have a you know a, a half empty stadium, and and in the EFL, a lot of stadiums are half empty. Um, I think you you can't just do it with a with a season ticket admission. So you've got to have positive momentum. You've got to have a vacuum into which you know people need something to be put, um, and and you've got to you know appeal to a broader area a broader area. But yeah, yeah, I think so. And as I say, you know, most of our ideas come from other clubs will come from other organizations they'll come from trips overseas where you watch you know what an american college basketball team does and you realize that you know i went to a game um before covid in, at uh, the university of miami and um, this is the university basketball team and there were fifteen thousand people in the stadium watching the, the university basketball team which means that the, the university football game was sixty thousand people this isn't even one of the biggest universities and everybody was getting served coke and popcorn and everything else. Maximum opportunity for people to enjoy themselves. It was a brilliant afternoon. You come away from that and you think, oh, there's just so much more we could do. So it's, yeah, if clubs borrow it, great. But that's, that's, that's exactly what they're doing. Let's talk about matters on the field then, James, uh, if we may. And we know the success that we had last season with Derek Adams. We know the kind of person he is as, as, a, as an individual and, and as a football manager and the style of play. Give us a bit of background, if you can, about um, the application process for his replacement and, and how did we end up appointing Stephen Robinson? Um, well, Rod and Graham and Mick deserve a huge amount of credit. Um, I was away in my motorhome on the south coast. And so I tried to help out by putting some phone calls into people and by doing some, some, some internet research and by having a conversation or two. But ultimately, um, Rod and Graham and Mick, once they were certain that Derek was going, they just did nothing for a few days other than um, pour their time into, into making sure that we selected the best possible replacement. Um, there's a lot of people who are interested, but we also we went out and we approached some people as well. So we didn't just um, wait for, for people to apply. We went out and put calls to some, some people who maybe didn't think that they they, they, were, they would apply or didn't know that the, the 
Well, the proposition was as attractive. And then ultimately, Graham, Rod and Mick um, combined all of their years' experience and knowledge to, to interview or to select the people to interview and then meet the right people. And I think pretty early on, Stephen stood out. Um, on paper, what he achieved in Motherwell, you, you know, you, you just can't argue with it. That's the smallest budget in the Scottish Premier League. Um, every four or five weeks, um, Stephen was putting out a team on a pitch and he was basically doing what we were doing when we played Chelsea last season. Every four or five weeks, a Scottish manager of a small budget team is playing Rangers or Celtic. And, you know, that means they've just got an awful lot more experience beating big, big budgets with smaller budget. And then you look at what he did in terms of player development and realising player value. So, yeah, he, he did stand out early on um, and his enthusiasm is, is infectious. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it was down to Rod and Graham and Mick. They did the hard work and they met the de- they met the different people. And I think that's where their experience really comes into comes into, into, into force because there's some big names get bandied around when you're looking for a manager. And some of them are quite exciting. And some of them are ex-Premier League players. Some of them are, pl- are people with a, with a real brand. Um, and I think still, I don't think Stephen um, would, would mind um, me saying that compared to some of those big names, because his success has come in Scotland, in England, we're quite ignorant of, of Scottish football. We, we, we discount the experience that's been gained and just how hard it is to gain that experience. Um, but yeah, people like Mick and, and, and Robert Gray, and they've been around the block and they know what good looks like. So yeah, ultimately, they, they get all of the credit for that. I have to ask, James, with the benefit of hindsight, of course, do you think or do you feel as though there was a certain amount of pressure to appoint the right man given the fact that Derek Adams had been so successful and obviously he uh, departed the club only days after, you know, the most famous day in this club's history? I think that Derek did a brilliant job. He was the perfect man for Morecambe. Um, post-German, he was a perfect man for Morecambe last season in that very unique situation. Um, I think that, you know, Derek made his decision and we respected that and... I think it gave us the opportunity to find the right man for the next phase of the club. And I'm not sure we would have quite had the same um, positivity, the same engagement from, from the manager, from the players, um, with Brand New Bright tomorrow, with all of the things we've been doing in the last few months, um, uh, if, if we hadn't had Stephen and, and Dermot and, and, and you know his, his team um, driving forward. So I think we had the right manager last season, and I think we've got the right manager now. Just a couple more uh, questions, James, before uh, we let you go, um, if I may. Firstly, in terms of the fan experience at the at the Mazuma Stadium, you've already touched on the fact that it's not perfect. And one of the reasons it's not perfect is because we've had to do things in such a rush to simply get to where we are now. What have we got coming down the tracks in the, in the next few months and, and, and years in terms of stadium improvements and, and improvements for the fan experience on match day? Okay, well, I think first things first, um, a full stadium is a good stadium. A full stadium has a good atmosphere. A full stadium um, is an exciting place to go. A full stadium where you can't get a ticket, it, it, it creates a sort of a, a demand. It creates a sort of a, a fear of missing out, um, which, which, which is, is a powerful thing. So we want the stadium to be as full as possible. Um, some people have suggested we should expand the capacity. Uh, for me, when that stadium is full, two seasons running, there might be a sensible conversation to be had. But at the moment, a full stadium is a good stadium. It's where people want to be on a Saturday afternoon or a Tuesday evening. Um, in terms of what's coming, 
the roof will go up behind the the broadcast stand behind the home, the home end. Um, a lot of work's been done on that already. Um, a bit more complicated than we perhaps thought, but thanks to the Shrimps Trust, the money they raise, um, we'd like to be able to do some work behind the away end because um, it's basically a, an alleyway. Um, there's not a lot of space. Although to be fair, you know, we tested it with Sheffield Wednesday, and most Sheffield Wednesday fans went away having said that they had a great afternoon and really enjoying it, and good atmosphere, and all those other things. So, but we need to improve that a bit. Um, and we'd like to do a fan zone, but I can't commit that we will be able to do that in a hurry because that requires space and requires conversations and everything else. But the things that are happening are the roof, getting those concessions going, making sure we've got the ability to um, serve people more quickly. A small thing, plastic beer bottles. Um, you know, instead of taking a can and pouring it into a plastic glass, which takes a minute, we, we will, once um, the supply issues are sorted out, be stocking the bars of plastic bottles and then people will just be able to be handed a bottle and they get, them, get the beer more quickly, which means less queues. But things like that are happening. But the main stuff is, you know, that roof, getting the, the F&B um, and, and going. And then Ben will have a thousand other ideas because it's all he's doing. He's just walking around the club going, what can we do better? I suppose that's the general manager's job, though, isn't it? To uh, always find out uh, ways of making the whole thing tick a little bit better. Uh, my final question then, James, before uh, we, we let you go. What are your hopes for the rest of the season on the field? And more of the same. I'd like us to be playing good football. I'd like fans to be enjoying it. I'd like the players to be developing and, and, and you know, testing themselves and, and lifting their own levels of performance. I'd like us to finish not, um, you know, safe. I said safe when somebody asked me on a, on a podcast a few weeks ago. I think I was just being a bit coy. I'd like us to finish comfortable <clears throat> mid-table, beat plenty of teams, surprise some teams. Um, and I'd like us to, to, to make this season one that we can really build upon for the next couple of years. Um, we might we might surprise ourselves, um, but that's, that's not, that's, I, I can't influence that in the slightest. Um, but I'd like us to be, to, be, to be seeing the season as a really good platform for development in the next couple of years and I suppose Matt from uh, from our point of view we're privileged enough to be able to see every single game there's so much to be positive about going forward isn't there oh 100% you know it, I feel a bit lost this week with the, there being no Morecambe game you know um, I, I'm sure I speak for, for you as well Dave you know being there at, at the home and away games and, and being able to call it a job is just mind-blowing Um I'm th- thoroughly loving every single second of this season. You know, the cup run, albeit, you know, it was it was short. We beat Blackburn and and put up a really solid fight against Preston North End, which is testament to, to the job that all the playing staff are, are, are doing. But yeah, it's uh, it's magnificent so far and we're only just into September. So we've got a long way to go. We've got a lot of exciting things to look forward to this season. And on that, and this is, you know, an unashamed sales pitch, but the season ticket initiative is... is, is you know, got the stadium um, to the point that it is. It's got the crowd to the point that it is, and that's helping everybody. But <laughs> the job's not done. Anybody who's come along and had a good time, anybody who, who sort of hears this and has a neighbour or, or, or a mate or a, a colleague at work who isn't um, sure what to do on a Saturday afternoon, just get them down, bring them down. We want we want people coming from 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 everywhere, from 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 sort of Garstang in the south all the way up to you know, shack in the north and, and around the corner until um, you get to the edge of Barrow. You know, we want the whole area to be to be coming to, to, to Morecambe. So, um, you know, the prices are what they are. They're not moving. Um, if, if, if people aren't sure what to do on a Saturday afternoon, get them down. 
I have to say as well, you know, just speaking from first-hand experience, uh, my, my brother and my dad went to the Sheffield Wednesday game the first time they've ever been to a Morecambe game. And the first thing that they said when I saw them after the match was, we're coming back. And, uh, you know, they're looking at the diary, they're looking at what games, plural, they can come back to. Um, so, you know, the, the game against Sheffield Wednesday uh, really resonated with them. And um, I'm, I'm sure it'll be the same for plenty more people. Like you say, James, get yourself down to the Mazuma. Let us as a football club show you, the fans, what we can do. And I guarantee they'll be coming back. I suppose that was going to be my final. You've half answered it there, James. My, my final question to you was... Uh, there's so much positivity. There's so much that crest of a wave. It, it doesn't seem to, to be dying down at all since uh, we got promotion at, uh, at the end of May. I don't think Morecambe fans need the reassurance, James, but you can give it anyway if you can, please. This is just the beginning. There's a whole lot more to come and a whole lot more to look forward to. Yeah, I, I, I meant it when I said this. Is, we, it's a good start that we've made. You know, the job isn't done um, and, and this can get more exciting. Um, there'll be there'll be tough periods. Um, there'll be times when we when we lose a few games. Um, there'll be times when the weather's horrendous, and you know people's experience on the Saturday afternoon isn't that great as it wouldn't be on any Saturday afternoon. But you know, ultimately, we we made a good start, um, and that job is the club being consistently sustainable and competitive at this level, and then kicking on from there. So um, yeah, there's there's tons more to come. You know, the, it's it's not just a, it's not just a case of, of having a good start and patting ourselves on the back and then. Going to the pub. It's it's a good start that we've made. Nothing else. James Waitfield, director of the club. It's uh, a privilege to uh, to speak to you. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, hopefully, we'll be talking to you lots more uh, during the course of the season. Cheers. Thank you very much. Really good to see you both, as always. A huge thanks to director James Waitfield for his time and speaking to us here on the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio today. And a reminder that we are the only place that you can hear full match commentary of every single Morecambe game, home and away, league and cup. It's 103.5 and 107.5 FM across North Lancashire on Beyond Radio, or you can subscribe to the iFollow platform via morecambefc.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.